Welcome to Atlas, the official podcast of the Monash International Affairs Society. Hello everybody, oh, we're all here, welcome. Um, welcome to Atlas, the official podcast of the Monash International Affairs Society. Woo, it's our first episode. Um, thank you so much for joining. Um, very excited to get started, but before we start, I just want to bring up a couple of things that Mice are doing at the moment. We've got a couple of events coming up uh, tomorrow at 2pm. Uh, we've got a roundtable, online roundtable with the Nigerian High Commissioner. Um, we're collaborating with the Monash African uh, Society and that's going to be an amazing event. It's free for MIAS and MAPS members. Uh, make sure you register. The link is on our Facebook page um, so that you receive the Zoom link. Uh, that's very exciting. That's next. That's tomorrow and then next Wednesday, the following Wednesday, we have an event with the Fijian High Commissioner at 11 a.m. Um, you have to make sure you register for that. That is also on our Facebook page. It's in collaboration with the Pacific Islander Monash Club. Um, make sure you register for it. Um, cool. And also keep an eye out as we're revealing more and more about Monash, our annual model United Nations conference in the future. Um, also, before we begin, if you have any questions or topics for us you'd like to talk about um, during the live stream, please send them to us at the Myers Instagram or the fa uh, Facebook and we'll get a chance to answer them hopefully later during the live stream. Um, so, okay, cool. I'm Georgia Potter. I'm the communications officer at Myers and with me today are a bunch of the people at Myers. Um, I'll let them all introduce themselves and you can tell us about your role at Myers. Okay, go ahead. I'll start us off. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm the president. Um, I'm really looking forward to this new revamped podcast. It'll be really good. Okay. Hi, I'm Prav. I'm the academic officer for Myers, and I'm excited to be here. Hi, Hi I'm, I'm Ashia. I'm oh. part of. Oh. <laughs> go ahead, Ashia. Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I'm okay, Mary. I'm. <laughs> Okay, I'm part of the uh, Myers Marketing Subcom. I run the Instagram for Myers. And I'm Winduri. I am the sponsorship officer for Myers, and I'm really looking forward to this event. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us. I'm so excited. And this is it's a bit of a trial run. We haven't done um, this before, so and we sort of just organised it in a few days, really. So, like, I think... 
it's going to be a bit of a test, but I'm hoping that this will go well and this will be something that we get to do weekly um, and it'll be a good opportunity, especially in lockdown, for people to, you know, have a chance to, like, interact and talk to people and hear from us because we're amazing and everyone loves mice. Um, so to get to know you all, um, to start off with, I'm going to do some, um, like, quick round speed fire questions that you... Um, just to get to know you very quickly, um, because we are an international affairs society, I want to know who is your favourite world leader? Ryan, go. Oh, that's a mean one, Scott Morrison <gasps> at the moment. I did oh, this. Wow. I did this to you though earlier. Yeah, this you did. Um, Prav, go. Um, I'm going to be very generic and just say Jacinda Ardern, just for the virus response. Yep, Asha, go. Oh, yeah, I'm going to say Jacinda Ardern as well. She's a legend. The hundred mile, the hundred days milestone was incredible. Great, and Winuri can't beat Jacinda Ardern. Cannot beat her. You're copying me. I, <laughs> Prab, I have her book right here. Um, <laughs> She's yeah, a legend. What can we say? Have yeah. you read it yet? Is it good? Yeah, I'm halfway through. It's really great. Brilliant. Oh, excellent. Oh yeah, I think I probably at the moment. It'll probably have to be the same for me. So we're all a bit basic, except for Ryan. He's got the controversial <laughs> opinion here. Um, I appreciate what our leaders do for us. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, cool. All right. Question two. And this is, again, I'm copying from Ryan because um, he asked us these questions earlier in the year. What IR, IR theory do you most adhere to? Ryan. Realism. Oh, uh, I think I said it, but I think it's mostly liberalism with a mix of constructivism in there for good, good measure. Yep. Ashia? Yeah, I'm very similar to Prav. I'm liberalism and a bit of constructivism mixed in there as well. Very good. And Wanuri? I think I'm going to take a page out of Samantha Powell's book and say an optimistic realist. Ooh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, very good. Um, very interesting. We've got a bit of a broad mix. I'm exciting. Um, okay. Also, this week's theme is COVID-19, but also it's more just basically a review of 2020 in general because it's been an interesting year, right? Like it's... Months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... Because of that, this week's topic, I wanted to ask you all, what is the hobby you've discovered this year and, like, how are you surviving lockdown? How are you surviving this crazy times we're living in? Who's starting us off? Oh, I just keep going the same way. Right. Nuri, change it up. Um, what has been helping me catching up with, like, my really close friends regularly has been helping just you know, seeing other people outside of my family unit. And I know it's basic, but just writing what happened in the day, just otherwise all the days seep into one and um, they don't see any difference. So that's been, that's been really helping me. Um, I've been trying to relearn French. I learned French in BCE and then I forgot it for the two years that I've been in uni. <laughs> so I'm trying to relearn it. I'm doing like an online course um, and it's going well. It's fun. I'm glad to like know that I can remember some of the language. 
That's so cool. Are you Duolingo? What's your go-to course? Like, who are you using? Um, no, I'm on Coursera. So all of these, uh, like, online courses started popping up because of COVID. Like, people can just do whatever they want, like, learn anything. So I just jumped on board. And it's really good. It's really structured. It helps me, like, keep sane of the days. It's great. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. Oh, I would have to say baking. I've been doing a lot of baking. Um, not so much in the last week or so, but just a lot of cakes and too much cookies and way too much sugar. But um, it's. I think um, my friend. I think Hammer may have termed this. Made this term. It's called procrastinate baking, where I don't want to do my work, so I go. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we have just... a from Hammer just down there as well. Love oh, that's that. so cool. Yeah, no, I've definitely been baking a lot too. And nothing, like, impressive, just those, like, packaged woolies boxes that give you all, everything you need. Love but, like, that. yeah, I think that's a good strategy, Prab, but I'm the same. Prab, do you have a favourite thing you've made? Oh, I made, um, we made a rainbow swell cake um, very early on during oh, lockdown. Oh. I haven't had the chance to repeat it, but that's my favourite thing. It's just so colourful. It sounds yummy and pretty at the same time, which is like the perfect combination for a cake. What about you, Ryan? Mm. What have you been doing? Um, <laughs> I tried the Duolingo French thing, um, which I've got a streak of like 120 days, which is good. I haven't felt, I, I don't know, when I get bored, I just get it and do it. Try going on a run every day. Um, so that's what I did this morning, and I try and go on a walk as well in the afternoon just to get some sunlight and to get some fresh air because you get you go crazy being stuck at home. And like for most of us, we sort of never get out of routine, like it's been the same since about March. Um, you know, we had like the bit in June and the bit in July, but really it wasn't mm. a huge change. But yeah, that's my procrastination. I admire the baking thing though, I wish I, could, I, wish I had more time to bake. Like, I've got eight, all these recipes in my cupboard just ready to be used um, that I haven't used yet. So, yeah, maybe I'll find some time to use them. Yeah, hopefully. Okay, so like I said, this week is the theme is COVID-19 and 2020 in review. Um, yeah, we're just, you know, trying to avoid from, like, the, the depressing side of things and just sort of focusing on, like, how this has affected us because it is it is all of life and like some people are sick of talking about it and hearing about it but i feel like we need to talk about it because like it's so strange um but to start us off the reason prav and Winuri are here other than the fact that they're amazing people and i wanted them to be here is that um they're organized they have something in the works that is a bit exciting um with mice and i just hoped you guys could maybe give us a little tease and talk to us about what you're working on yes yeah, sure um do you want me to get started Winuri? Yeah, go for it, Prav. Cool. Um, so we've been working on it for the um, greater part of the last, probably the holidays. Um, so obviously this is our new show, Atlas. Um, this is actually very, this is, the format may change. So one of the things we've been working on is actually getting in uh, guest speakers. Um, and we want to do a series, a mini series, I guess, of um, looking at the impacts of COVID-19 um, very um, in a very relatable sense to our, us as IR students um, and look at very different facets like the economy, um, how industry has been affected, how our healthcare, health security has been affected. Um, so that's one of the things we've been planning. Um, Winuri, do you want to add to that? Yeah, absolutely. So we wanted to hit a really broad range of sectors and industries because clearly COVID-19 has had a really significant impact on the way that Australia functions and the way the world functions. 
Um, and also we wanted to really hone in on the fact that all the pre-existing political, economic tensions have just been exacerbated. Um, so just like Prav said, we've got a really cool um, anticipated lineup of speakers from across the uh, people in the economy, their energy sector, development, defence, diplomacy and health. So we hope to create a very engaging and interesting um, series of conversations for Myers members. Yeah. Awesome. That sounds amazing. Yeah, that sounds so good, guys. I'm very excited. Keep an eye out. Obviously, we'll be updating you on my socials. My Facebook is always um, a good, reliable source of information for my news. So um, keep an eye out there because as soon as that sort of stuff gets started, um, that'll be where to find it. Um, thanks so much, guys, for sharing that. Uh, well, Nori, would you like to leave? I think yes. you had to leave early, so um, you go ahead and go. Thank you so much for coming on. No See worries. Ya. Bye, everyone. Bye. Um, cool. Okay. So COVID-19, how do you guys feel like this has affected you um, sort of personally, before we look at like international affairs and politics and that, because that's clearly a big part of it. How do you how do you guys feel like this has affected you as uni students, as um, Australians? Like, what what are your thoughts? I um I was saying this to somebody last night. I was catching up with a friend last night, and I said I've been largely desensitized since March. Um, in that with Myers and you know every single class, we really started feeling it in late January when we had to redo all our administration, our paperwork, we had to make contingency plans and, you know, things with international trips. So we had to start dealing with it a lot earlier. Um, so I think by the time the first lockdowns happened, I was sort of already over it um, when a lot of people were starting to feel it. I don't know. I I, I think the second, the second lockdown's been a lot harder on people um, just because, you know, you had a taste of freedom and you thought you were going back to a bit of normal normality, but you couldn't. So... Yeah, it, it, I think the first lockdown was much harder on me. I didn't, I wasn't as affected by this lockdown in the sense that I never really went out of the first lockdown, if that makes sense. Like it sort of just continued. Like we never went back to uni, continued working from home, never really left the house sort of thing. So, it, yeah, I think I think I, I felt the impact more in March and April, in February, March and a bit of April um, than anything. Yeah, I have to agree. I did feel like this second lockdown, even though like the news of it was very upsetting as like a uni student and just uh, just in general as someone who um, doesn't have a, like a employment that requires me to leave my house. Like I have no reason to leave the house other than shopping. Like there's literally nothing else I'm leaving the house for. So there hasn't been that much a difference for me. Um, but I think the uni factor is, is a big part of it. it because we knew that most of it was going to be online anyway. I know all my um, subjects this semester are going to be online, even though Monash were trying to get some back in person. So, yeah, I definitely um, relate to that um, for me, obviously. But it's very different scenarios for different people. What about you guys? What do you, what do you think? Yeah, in my head, um, kind of like the first one hit you harder because you had to like actively do a lot of things to, you know, try and figure out a new way to live your life. But there was also this just the sense that like, we're fine, like Victoria's fine. There's not that many cases, we're all good. You know, you could kind of like compartmentalize it to like the outside world. Whereas now, like, especially like in Melbourne, it's a very big issue. 
it's way more serious this time around. Obviously, we've gone into like a deeper stage of um, lockdown as well. So like, it's just interesting. Like, like Ryan said, you got that taste of freedom. At least I did anyway, because um, I do work and I have to go out and then it's all like, you know, fully shut down. So that was difficult to deal with and have to like, um, like, I realized that, you know, it's not just something that's out there in the world. It's very, you know, in your life. Yeah. Yeah, about, and I think you're. Oh, sorry, Ryan, you go. I was going to say, how about Prav? Oh, okay. Um, I think it's been. In, I mean, I wouldn't say interesting, but it's been a very weird duality because, on one hand, I sort of felt it the same way as all you guys, but it's also, I mean, obviously, I think I wouldn't say more popular, but I've been getting a lot of questions, especially after lockdown one, because of obviously my background. So a lot of people come to me asking a lot of stuff. Um, I think I think we've covered the uni stuff. I think my experience is very similar. Um, I think it hits a bit harder as I'm, I'm a graduate, about to graduate, so I might not see any of you guys in person again. Hopefully not, fingers crossed. Um, but I think I work in aged care. I've been working in aged care for about seven months, so I've felt it a bit more acutely. Like um, when lockdown one ended, I wasn't going out or anything because I was still very aware that I could bring the virus into the facility I was working in and possibly cause a disaster now obviously that disaster has happened um and i'm not working wouldn't been kicked out but i think um just for me personally it's a bit more of a in the face kind of acute awareness of like the risks of what's happening out there because of my work and everything i study and everything like that yeah absolutely and like um for those of you like i guess for myers prav is a bit of like our in resident COVID expert. Um, whenever we have a question, we turn to him because, you know, he just has all Not the answers. <laughs> Not a doctor. Not a doctor, but, you know, I'm basically saying that you're the expert on all things COVID. So prepare for good questions. I've asked you way too many questions over the last few months. I think one, in, I think one way to think about it is, especially for a lot of younger people in regards to COVID, is a, a, a bit of an odd story. Somebody was whinging to me a couple of weeks ago. They're like, oh, I can't go to Maya. I can't go shop at this. I can't do that. And I'm like, how often do you actually go, you know, clothes shopping? Oh, I'll go like once every six months. I said, why are you complaining about not being able to go clothes shopping? Like a lot of restaurants, a lot of shops have closed and it's in those owners and those people who work, they have been so adversely affected. You know, for a lot of people who work at home, it's, a, you know, they've got that blessing that, you know, they're not going to be as affected. So, you know, it's sort of like what you've lost. But also think about what you what we lost, Asha. Lost it. I wish you would drop back in. But also think about – she's back. But also think about what we sort of gained, you know, sort of what we still have. Like, you know, we're so much luckier than a lot of other people in regards to, you know, we still have – most people still have a roof to live under. They still have meals, um, you know. They've got electricity. They can go on a walk every day. You know, you still have loved ones around you. So think about, like, what we have instead of what we can't do. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And, like, I think something that you guys touched on that I think is really interesting too, like this second time around, is I think we're a lot more aware of everything, obviously, because we've been seeing a lot more of it. But it's also become a bit of a routine. At least for me, I feel that, um, like, the waking up, watching the Dan Andrews presser, checking Twitter for the ABC release to say, you know, how many cases there was today. Um, you know, like everyone knows and as soon as it's out, you know, messaging all your mates and your group chat and your family group chat saying, right, 
333 cases today um and you know that sort of thing so i think we're all a bit more aware of it which i think is like got its um pros and cons because like a pro is obviously we're informed we're engaging we're making sure we're socially responsible and i think that's obviously the key to this whole thing so i think that's you know obviously very good but at the same time that um endless cycle of news and that's what you're hearing about can be very draining on your mental health and your mental well-being um so I, I definitely think that that's the other factor that um, is probably pretty um, universal, at least to the people who are in Victoria who are experiencing this um, stage four um, and in Melbourne. Um, cool. Uh, I think that's very interesting um, to sort of move on. I want to do a little shout-out. I want to do a little shout-out to... And a very important Facebook group, um, non-Myers affiliated, but maybe a little bit affiliated to our resident COVID expert, Prav, and that is Brett Sutton Peak Posting. Top tier memes, top tier Brett Sutton content was recently featured in a... Uh, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Did you just see him do my Middle East politics to... Um, just oh. an hour ago so yeah oh, no. yeah amazing um do you want to talk about what what the facebook group is and also just the obsession with brett sutton the what he does for victoria prav what are your thoughts oh okay um so brett sutton peak posting so um it's a facebook group it actually started out as a dare for my workplace between me and my very good friend vg um we were basically watching the presses um in our when we were working there um and at some point i think we may have stumbled across his twitter page um and then we saw that photo of him when he was 20 in nigeria and i think i was like oh he's cute <laughs> um so then we it sort of spiraled out from there and as like as a bit of a joke we thought i'll make a whole page dedicated to making memes about Brett Sutton and the DHHS. Um, I didn't think I didn't think it would take off. It was just for like internal purposes. Then I shared it around a bit and it's now over a thousand, almost approaching thousand two hundred members. And we actually got a shout out on pedestrian TV as a part of an article yesterday. So um yeah, <laughs> it's a really I'm I'm now I've gone from being the meme to being the meme king to now having my own meme page. It's a real uh, up and up story, I guess. What was your <laughs> What was your response when there was sort of the reports that he had resigned or had been stepped down? You know, I was having a nap when that happened, so I missed all the hoo-ha. But by the time I got up, the agent had come out saying, but I think there was a lot of panic on the group. But uh, by, by the time I came up, the agent already clarified that that wasn't happening. But I was like, oh, no, my whole career is over before it even began. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, so sort of going on from that, um, I th think it was interesting, Q&A last night had a question about um, Dan Andrews and his media treatment. I think it's really interesting the way we've, um, we talk about, not just in the media, but just in general, about some of our like leading politicians and the leaders in this time of crisis. And, you know, a lot of people um, go to say, well, you know, um, sort of idolise these people and that can be a good or bad thing and say, oh, it's good that they're, you know, doing they're doing what needs to be done they're showing great leadership we need to show them you know this respect or a lot of other people are going well we need to challenge um all the things that's going on and you know of course you know we need to 
you know, challenged Dan Andrews on some of his decisions. And I think there was a lot of controversy, especially regarding the lockdown of some of the housing towers um, about a month ago, a couple months ago. Who knows? Time flies so by. So I was just curious what you guys think about, like, sort of the framing of how we should be framing our leaders and our, our politicians, because I know the other side of it is to just, you know, have a good time and go, well, a lot of people find Brett Sutton very attractive. We're just going to do lots of shit posting and memes about it. Um, so I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you guys have well, any particular thoughts? Yeah, well, I, I, actually, it's funny. I was having this conversation two nights ago. Um, we were writing the Lot's Wife editor's note. Um, so I'm also the co-managing editor of Lot's Wife. And we're discussing it. And went, randomly, we got in this tangent. And I was speaking to Austin, who is the analysis editor about this. And it's sort of like there is a balanced way that you sort of can do this. You know, there is a time when there's criticism, but you don't have to overtly criticise. You don't have to go down to, you know, terrible, you know, terrible nicknames. You don't need to go down to, you know, overtly criticising for the sake of it. This is not a time for politics. And we sort of thought, and we were discussing this, we sort of looked back to the UK and World War II, and everybody who knows me always go back to the UK and UK politics. And during World War II, and even before World War II, they had a national coalition. Um, so during World War II, the Labor Party and the Conservative Party formed one government. Um, in that Winston Churchill for most of the war was the Prime Minister, but Clement Attlee, who was the Labor leader, was the Deputy Prime Minister. Um, and you didn't have that, you know, politicking, you didn't have that sort of unnecessary spin on things during that time because it was a crisis. It wasn't necessary. And, you know, there is time for criticism. You do it in the correct form, but you don't overtly do it because you don't, it's not a time to get political points. Um, you know, and we, you know, I think if we look at the Prime Minister, um, that's why I said this earlier, he, you know, there hasn't been overt criticism, there hasn't been unnecessary criticism. And, you know, the criticism isn't meant, you know, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. It's like, we'll take it to National Cabinet, we'll discuss it at National Cabinet. And all the Premiers have been the same as well. The Premiers have been like, all right, we've got an issue, we'll take it to National Cabinet, we'll discuss it at National Cabinet. We're not going to overtly criticise in public. We're not going to, you know, go down to terrible tricks of the past decade. Um, I think that's a good thing. I think we've seen the like, really good things in that regard, you know, more collaboration rather than spin. Um, but, yeah, there is a time, like, I think they're realising there's a time and a place and, you know, mm -hmm. pandemic sort of, you know, espouses that a lot more. Sorry, that was my rant. That was my rant because <laughs> I went like half an hour on Friday, I think Monday is <laughs> or Sunday. No, that's fine. That's good. Um, do you guys, either of you guys, have any other thoughts on this? Uh, I mean, I sort of broadly agree with Ryan. I think um, there's definitely a time and a place, and I think there's definitely there's like two investigations happening: one at a federal level, a state level, for answers. And I think you know there's definitely questions to be answered, um, especially regarding. Um, how the second, the sort of second wave, if we got to call it that, um, was handled. But I think you don't do that. You don't really do that in the middle of a crisis. And I, I I'm not attacking the journalists. Right? I respect the journalists who are trying to get answers. That's what journalists are. Um, but at the point, we have to be careful of suffocating the main medical message, right? We don't want the. It's a balancing act, right? You want to get truthful answers, but you don't want to undermine the leader, um, because that. You know, we know how people react. If you undermine messages, then people don't respect it as much. And I think that's what we sort of felt um, heading into stage three. 
Um, so I think there's a time and a place, and I'm pretty confident we'll get those answers at some point. But I think I think right now we're sort of sending into a balancing act where um, we're asking appropriate questions, but for the most part, the public health message is still getting out there, broadcasting um, properly. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think um, it's a situation where no one knows, like, it's a situation where no one actually knows what's the best thing to do. So, I mean, I guess everyone's just doing the best they can in whatever situation they find themselves in, you know, with, like, like you said, with how the second wave was handled, um, you know, the the security firms and the towers, et cetera, et cetera. Like, there's a lot that, you know, you could question, but the dominant message definitely needs to be the health message that's going across. And like, I, I understand that like, it's it's a difficult time to criticize when no one knows what they're doing and no one knows what the best situation is. Um, so yeah, it's dif- it's difficult. I think- Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, Ryan, you go. I was gonna say, I hope this brings a change, a permanent change. I hope we see more collaboration rather than unnecessary criticism you know, for the sake of cheap political points. Because if we look at our politicians and we look at, like, politics since the Second World War, there's been a lot of collaboration we don't know about. But then, you know, over the last 50 years or so, there's also been a lot of political spin that's espoused that isn't necessary. And, you know, that's why we're sort of seeing, you know, numbers in political parties wane. You know, we had more members in the major political... I don't... Correct me if I'm wrong, sorry. But, you know, a lot of political parties have had membership decline since the end of the Second World War, major ones, yeah. so that 60s period. And then, you know, we, we're losing faith in our politicians because we're only seeing fighting, we're not seeing collaboration. So hopefully we'll see greater collaboration um, moving out of the pandemic and back into regular, you know, times. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. I, I would also, like, I, I think I'd agree with all of you guys. I think I'd also say that, I still think challenging and questioning should always be um, allowed and I think it's vital and I think, you know, I don't think you guys would disagree, but, um, you know, I don't, as much as, you know, personally outside of the political, I, I wish that, you know, I hope that Dan Andrews is not too stressed and he's getting enough sleep every night and I, I, I understand that this would be hard for him. Um, as well as it is hard for all the frontline workers, as well as it's hard for probably journalists at the moment who are reporting on this issue. Um, I still think it's vitally important that he holds those presses every day and that journalists ask all those questions every day because I think um, we really need to make sure that um, we're getting all the information we can. And I think that's another um, interesting point. But, yeah, I tend to agree with you guys. Um, All right. I sort of just zoom out, zoom out back into 2020 in general i mean like anything 2020 related i think for the rest future of history is going to be thinking about coronavirus but there's also been a lot of stuff going on um a wonderful prav um created a bit of a timeline and when i had a look at it you can do a bit of a rundown but i'll just say that when i had a bit of a look at it i i felt a little sad inside i felt a bit like (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to be as brief as possible, but I was like, I want to remind <laughs> our viewers out there and anyone listening to this podcast, like, there's a lot that's happened this year, and it seems to like every couple, every three months, it's like a segment, it's like early pandemic, pre-pandemic, early pandemic, mid-pandemic, late pandemic. But anyway, I'll start off by a quick list. So we have started with January first, right? So we already we have Australia on fire, the American evacuations. Very uh, around about second of January, we have the American killing of Soleimani and all the World War Three memes that came from it. Um, we have the Great Smoke of Melbourne and Mel- of Sydney and Melbourne. So 
Um, in a sign of things to come, we have a mask shortage. And then we have the UK formally restored from the EU. February, Donald Trump is acquitted. Um, New York Stock Exchange crashes. Um, Taliban and the US sign a peace agreement. Uh, we have an article on Pivot. Go see it. Um, March, uh, we have the pandemic declared. US closes border. First restrictions are put in place. Uh, Boris Johnson gets sick. Um, and North Macedonia enters NATO, uh, much to the charging of some of our committee members, possibly. But um, April, Israel holds another election. US withdraws from the WHO. May, we have lockdown 1.0. India and China border clash. Uh, China passes new security law. And then we have the beginning. Um, the George, George Floyd is murdered and the beginning of the BLM protests across the world. And the first private crew launch to the ISS. June, we have um, US, uh, sorry, US, uh, Brazil, and India become the center of the COVID crisis. And Joe Biden is now the presumptive Democratic nominee. July, so just last month, we enter stage three slash stage four. Trump threatens to ban TikTok, and the Hagia Sophia is reverted to mosque. Our committee member, Dean, did a good article on that on Pivot as well. Um, and August, we just one week yeah. in the port. So lots and lots has happened in the last six months. And that's just me being very, very surface level as well. Yeah, wow. that's, that's a lot when you look at it, isn't it? You forget about some of the stuff. Like you lived it and then you're like, yep, cool, cool. And then you think back and that was like, that was last month. Like that wasn't four years ago <laughs> that I experienced this. So hey. much. Trump was like, Trump was like fully impeached and then acquitted. And then that sort of like came and went and like, and like, oh, that, well, we're not here. Yeah, like that wasn't the most important news of the year. Like, just move on. But we needed to start 2020, you know. We need to start the 2020s with, you know, a lot of news stories that could last us for a decade. Um, you know, the 2000s. something to talk about. Yeah, we need it. We needed something. <laughs> it's, um, I don't know. I was saying this to, you know, again, I was to the same person I was speaking to last night. I was saying, you know, us as university students, we've got so much interesting stuff to write on. You know, we're, we're so lucky, you know, in our in our studies, you know, if you study international relations, politics, any other sort of major or minor, you know, it's going to be affected. And even, you know, things like Pivot, when we started Pivot in 2018, it was like, okay, we've got so much to write on, but so many things. Um, it's in it's sort of, it's like, I'm trying to think of the silver lining for us, but also it has been a really dark year. I think I said, I said this at the start, maybe middle of the year. Um, I did say there's like, there's probably people among us, maybe some of us sitting here and probably people we're studying with whose entire future careers are probably going to be defined by this year. Whether it's in my field where people just studying the virus and impact, um, you know, decades and decades on, or people in IR studies who are seeing like, we'll probably see is 2020 as a potentially a pivotal point in human history for better or for worse. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a sort of weird thing to say that, the, you know, this may be some people's future careers and their whole life work ahead of us from this point on. Yeah. That, that is crazy to think about. And I think um, to sort of um, bring in an, another interesting topic is I know that something we've talked about at Myers a bit, um, sort of behind the scenes a lot is how is there's you know a few elections this year most notably the US one um, but a lot of elections this year and um, being interesting how they will be affected from an you know an IR perspective by the by COVID and by the many impacts it's had on the world so do you guys have any thoughts about whether it be the Trump election whether it be the New Zealand election or any past elections um, yeah. and how the impact of COVID is going to have them? 
um, on those. I think New Zealand won't be as affected um, just because they are going back to it that, you know, I was speaking to somebody from New Zealand a couple of weeks ago and she said, I feel quite normal except for our tourism industry um, and, mm. you know, not able to travel overseas. So I think if anything, this, is, this definitely is going to help Jacinda Ardern. She might actually receive a parliamentary majority, which is a rare thing in New Zealand. I don't know when it happened last, so please forgive me. Um, United States will be the big one um, just because, you know, it's a country. New Zealand, forgive me, I'm not trying to say New Zealand is important, but New Zealand has about four to five million people. America has over 300 million. Um, it's one of the world's largest democracies, but also their voting system depends on how each state runs it. Yeah. Um, it's going to get messy. Um, yeah, I was... No, go for okay. it. I was uh, listening to a podcast about the effect that um, mail-in voting is going to have on the U.S. election and how they're going to run it. Because um, obviously they've had mail-in elections for like absentees and all that, but um, you know it's gonna it's gonna change who who actually decides to actively go out and vote because obviously it's not necessary. Um, and you know uh, the motivations and how people run it and the bureaucracy of the whole situation. Like Ryan said, it's going to get messy. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I, I, I'm i not putting blame on anyone because each state has their own laws, so it's going to be a state and it's going to be a case-by-case -case basis. But, I mean, it just goes, you know, I, I feel fortunate in Australia. One, we have compulsory voting. Um, two, our and our two-hour elections are run by the AEC and, the v and in Victoria, the VEC, just because, you know, they are those independent bodies. Um, so I feel quite fortunate that we have them compared to a lot of other countries in which, you know, they're run by the actual politicians. Um, I think that's something maybe all democracies need to look to adopt. But, yeah, what else? What do you guys think? Prab, what do you think about the topic? Oh, um, I mean, okay, so I'm going to bit of a tangent here, but I don't know if you guys are familiar with the theory of accelerationism, but I think, so the idea is that um, certain events accelerate everything else essentially. So I think COVID is more like an accelerationist factor in that a lot of the problems we're seeing um, in terms of like corruption or even the China-West divide were already sort of in place before COVID happened. And we're probably gonna have like, you know, spark off sometime in the 2020s. COVID only just accelerated that um, and brought it up to our face, I guess, in, um, in a six, four months period. So like the whole China, US, and I guess broadly Australia and the European Union in that sphere as well. I mean, that was already that was already happening before this happened, before COVID happened. But now it's very much a very cold. Um, again, that's feeling like a new cold war sort of emerging out in the Pacific area. Um, in terms of like the US healthcare system, that was already sort of I'm not gonna say failing. I gotta be very careful with my word, but it was already very much under stress. And now that's also been sort of broken um, by COVID nineteen. Again, problems. Sort of in Beirut, for instance, their healthcare system was already under stress, but they're already sealed, and the whole explosion and everything like that has only just accelerated the, you know, protests and everything like that that's happened. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure how. I think COVID will have an indemnable impact in that it's just exacerbated a lot of the problems that were already sort of bubbling along, um, heading into 2019, 20, 2020s. So, Georgia, what do you think? I think I, I think Prab's like hit the nail on the head there. I think it's we've, we're facing a lot of problems in the world at the moment. Um, a lot to do with like sustainability, not only environmentally, but just you know 
structurally like how a lot of the systems we have in place like how long is they going to last us we're going to start seeing some negative effects and there are some flaws in those systems and i think that COVID has just exacerbated them um i think the u.s election will be particularly interesting um i know a lot of people have been saying that like before COVID, everyone was like, Trump will get re-elected. That's the general. And I don't want to go on about Trump too much because we will talk, we talked a lot about him in our O-Week live stream. But I think it will be interesting to see the impact of COVID, whether that has an impact on his followers or not, um, and whether that has an impact on non-voting or people who didn't vote in the election last time who might consider voting now because they're just out of pure spite because they don't want Trump. Um, I think the Axios interview, if you haven't seen it, is an interesting, interesting yeah. um, case. So um, yeah, it was a bit like, I don't know if you guys have seen Veep, but it reminded me a lot of Veep. Um, which is a bit scary, honestly, when you're like, no, but it's, it's real. It's real life. So that was a bit terrifying as much as it was comedic. Um, but I hope that opens some people's eyes to just the blatant disregard for facts that um, he has. But who knows? Who knows? Um, it'll be interesting to see how that affects some people's opinions um, and how that has a play in the election. But we have to move on because we've been talking about this for a while. Um, I want to bring up... Uh, the most recent Pivot article we've published, Pivot is um, Myers' publication. Um, we have uh, article, multiple articles released weekly by a team of Pivot writers led by the wonderful Sonali and Philip. Um, it's really excellent. You can follow their Facebook page. Um, but the most recent article was written by um, our very own Myers's very own VP Hammerhosen, and it was about prison labour. Um, and I just wanted to give it a shout out because I did think it was particularly interesting. Um, it's not something that I know that I have thought about very much. Did you guys get a chance to read this? Did you have any thoughts on prison labour? Um, I briefly had a read of it. Um, I think anything Hammer writes is gold. I'm just going to say that from the start starting point. Um, how about you guys? Did you have a read of it? Uh, I did, and sorry, you go. Uh, <laughs> um, I did, but like, like I'm embarrassed. But I didn't know anything about like prison labor and like the like the extent of it. And it was it was shocking for me to read. Like, um, obviously I know that like you know um, there's like a workforce in prisons and the like the point of it and et cetera, et cetera. But I thought it was really good in discussing who is actually benefiting from that work that's being done and like just the irony of the fact that like the stuff that they're being um, asked to make, especially during COVID time is stuff that they don't have access to. Like I just found that terrible mm -hmm. and shocking. Um, and I thought it was a really good point that she brought up as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I've, had a I've had a read as well and it's, um yeah, it's, I had no, I had no idea of the extent of it. Like I had some idea of, similar things like they always like sometimes we, when you learn about the prison system you sometimes talk about like oh there's education programs and some work programs but i never knew that it was like this is the extent of it um especially in like us our democratic nations it's really um some eye-opening i guess yeah um yeah so go check that out we've linked it um in the live stream description and we'll link it in the recorded podcast to um have a read because i think it's very interesting um cool so next up i want to talk about because we have um an event coming up um and that's the um event with the nigerian high commissioner uh and obviously come along register now if you haven't already 
um, free for Myers and Monash African Society members. Um, and if you're not a member, you can get your Myers membership included in your ticket. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page to sign up. But before we do all that, uh, um, before the event tomorrow, I wanted to do a little, um, so have some fun facts and do a quick quiz about um, Nigeria to see what you guys know and so that everyone will hopefully learn something new. Because um, Nigeria is uh, a very interesting place, very rich. It's got um, rich in diversity. It's got uh, over 250 ethnic groups and 7% of the total languages spoken in the world are spoken in Nigeria, which is was insane to me when I learned that because that's 7% is a lot. Um, Nigeria is the most populous country in Africa. Uh, Evidence of human life in Nigeria dates back as far as 9,000 BC. Uh, and Nigeria's movie industry is known as Nollywood and it is one of the largest movie industries in the world. So there's a quick taste for some fun Nigerian facts. Um, we're going to do a quick quiz. I'm going to okay. ask you guys some questions. Oh, dear. Um, no Googling the answers, please. Uh, there is no prize for the winner, but hopefully you'll learn something new because... Uh, and you don't know all the answers already. Um, cool, so I guess the way we can do this is I'm gonna ask a question. Um, you can buzz in. I feel like you should come in, you should buzz word, or like your buzz should not be your own name. You should choose the name of an IR theorist. Um, so Ryan, would you like to choose a name of an IR theorist to be your buzzer? Yeah, maybe Waltz. Waltz, lovely. Yeah. Prev? Um, I'm gonna go with Fukuyuma. Fukuyuma. Yama. I'm gonna go Francis. Let's go Francis. Francis. I'm, te easy, I'm yeah. terrible with names. The only one that I know is Waltz, and someone's taken it already. <laughs> what do I do? Uh, uh Mishima Enlo. I'm doing gender and IR. Mishima. That's a long um, buzzer word. Just say Mia. Yeah, we all know what it means. Awesome. Okay, so quiz begins. I don't know how many questions there are. About eight, ten. I don't know. Um, what are the flag colours of Nigeria? Ryan. Mia. Oh, Walt. Yes. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> Mia, you get to answer. Um, green and white. Yes. Ding, ding, Is that ding, it? Ding. Green and white. Yep. Yes. Um. Cool. Uh, question two. What is Nigeria's national sport? Francis. Francis? Is it, yeah. Is it rugby? No, it is not rugby. I'd be surprised. Um, is, it, is it soccer? Waltz, waltz, waltz. Is it what soccer? Did you guess? Is it soccer? It sure is soccer. Um, Best sport in the world. Football. Australian <laughs> football. No. Every day of the week. <laughs> mm, um, no, I thought it was better. Nah. No, no, no. Table this for the tomorrow time. <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can talk we'll about this later. We'll discuss this later. We'll yeah, have yeah. this argument later. Um, what is the capital of Nigeria? Well, well, well it's, uh, it's a Buja, and the largest city is Lagos. That was my next question. Ooh. I don't know to get, if I should give you two points or not for that. I want That's correct. <laughs> one point. I'm just saying. Uh, of course, of course. No number here, Georgia. Yeah, I unfortunately, it was Lagos, and I was so shocked because I'd like written the question and then I like read that it wasn't, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> I'm woefully." That trend in like because we're we're called Atlas, and obviously the God Atlas, but also the Atlas you open, and 
the largest city in lots of countries is not usually the capital. If you think about the United States, most of their states, their largest city is not their capital, even the state of New York. New York City is not the capital of New York State. That's Albany. Um, it's Australia. Australia. Auckland is the capital. I'm sorry, Wellington is the capital of New Zealand, but Auckland is the largest city. It's ridiculous to think that, you know, we don't put our largest city as the administration capital in a lot of cases. Um, so, yeah, um, it's a trick. It's always a trick question. At least yeah. you're not asking me what the capital of South Africa is because, you know, it's too long an answer. <laughs> um, awesome. Next question. Uh, who did Nigeria gain independence from? Waltz. Waltz. United Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. They had, it was very interesting because they had lots of different areas colonised by lots of different nations and obviously because they're split up from a lot of different ethnic groups. Um, but ultimately before they, like, gained independence, um, they were ruled by um, Elizabeth II and the UK, uh, Ryan Spade. Well, I was going to say fun a little trick to anyone if Australia has a high commissioner they with they are a commonwealth country or a former british colony so there's a new zealand high commission there's a canadian high commissioner but there's an american ambassador um and there's indian high commissioner but there's a chinese ambassador so you sort of note that difference as well and this is going to be really stupid this sounds really stupid but there's minute differences in their ranking when they're all together you know the high commissioners technically rank above the ambassadors and this one odd one that if they are to the UK, they get an extra two horses in a horse-drawn carriage when they present their credentials to the Queen if they're a high commissioner. I know that sounds really stupid, but <laughs> I believe that is the rule. I think it's two. They get two or four extra horses. Um, I'm sorry, that's like an odd thing to say, but, yeah, there are, like, minute differences. But best way to think about it is they British colony, high commissioner. UK yeah. treats their former, former empire very well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what to make up for? I'm gonna yeah. not to the next questions. Few questions. I've answered too many. Yeah, I know. Give other people a chance. All right. Same year, <laughs> same decade as independence. In what decade did the majority of the Nigerian civil war, the Biafran War, take place? Francis, the seventies. Oh, close. It ended in, like, okay. January 1970. Ooh. So that's, I just gave it away. Oh, my goodness. I'm so bad at this. Um, I'm going to give it to you, Prav, because technically it still was in 1970. I was worried if someone was going to say that. I was like, well, I feel like. So I'm going to give that one to you. Neil, to help um, you. <laughs> please just don't let Ryan win. He's, 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 you've, got to, you've got to beat him. We've got to make it interesting. Well, like, haven't I got four points out of eight? You've yeah, got four out of six. So he's one. He's one, hasn't he? There's four. Oh, isn't yeah. Total? No, man. There's Matt's three total. more questions. So one of um, you could tie, Ryan. So I might oh. maybe have to come up with an extra question. That's if we don't snipe each other. I this question at the end? So I just yeah sure. Um, that's only if it's a tie. I like you want you can ask a bonus question anyway. Um, what is the main religion? Oh, uh, yep. is it Islam? It sure is. <laughs> Excellent. Um, close closely followed by Christianity. 
um, but like about half is um, it's Islam. Um, name one of the countries. There are four that border Nigeria. Oh, my geography! To give you, a, to give you a clue, um, it also Nigeria also borders a pretty significant, like a a big lake that is also Francis. Can I? Yeah, Waltz. I, I think it's fair. It's not fair to block you. Well, one of them. One of them is Niger. Um, yes. If, if I name, if I name a few others, will I get some bonus points? Yeah, sure. All right. I know another one's Cameroon. Yep. Um, I know it's got a slight border with Chad because Chad is next to Niger. Yep, and Lake Chad. And then the fourth one is I can't remember. I'm thinking it is because I looked at a map yesterday. Um, Benin. <laughs> Benin, yes, it is. I feel like, like you saw that I was going to do a Nigeria quiz and you looked stuff up, didn't you? Oh, you no, I told you that I was going to do a Nigeria quiz. Oh, no, I thought if we're hosting the High Commissioner tomorrow and he starts quizzing us on Nigeria and I know <laughs> Nigeria, I'm going to be in deep stuff. So, um, yeah. Decision. That's good. But good decision. Whenever we host a High Commissioner or an Ambassador, I go read up a lot on the country just in case they ask these things. So, like, when we had the New Zealand High Commissioner, I had all these books. I had a book open reading about New Zealand, reading about the facts, reading about the statistics. Um, so, you know, they can't catch you off guard, you know, if they bring something up. It's like yep. a, safe, a, safe, it's a safety net. <laughs> well, excellent. I feel like I'm helping provide the research. It's very exciting. I have one more question, but... <laughs> Brian has bonus questions. I mean, he can just take over. He can become the new host. Empty. I feel like you can give us your Osher vibes, your, your Grant Denya vibes. Um, okay, last question. It's a who am I? I am a British Nigerian actor born in 1992 to Nigerian parents. I am most known for my role in the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Ooh, Francis. Francis. John Boyega. That is correct. My fave. Love John Boyega. He went to the an icon. Um, British premiere of the of the Rise of Skywalker, the last Star Wars movie, in his and like a traditional Nigerian outfit with his family. Oh, I, I don't know. It's really That's cool. It was good. Yes. Um. He's cool. amazing. I love him. Um. But that's just. TMI. Um, Ryan, did you have another question you wanted to I don't know. It was going to be a tie, so I can ask. I've got two more questions. It's a tie if, for second place. All right, um, let's take the tie for second place. Um, I'm a politics student, so I'm always going to ask these sort of questions. I've got three more. Okay. All right. Um, who is the president of Nigeria? Do any of you know that? I looked it up yesterday, but I can't remember. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. All right, it's President Buhari, and President Buhari was president in the eighties. He was in president eighty three to eighty five, and then he took office again in two thousand fifteen. So you like, I don't know. It's sort of weird, like oh, wow. you know, a thirty year gap between your two tenures as president. Um, but it's also quite you know remarkable. Okay, um, so. Previously, Georgia brought up that Nigeria became independent from the United Kingdom. When did that happen? 
or what decade. We'll make it whoever gets the closest gets the point. So if you can name the year, name the year. Yeah, what do you think? 1959. I think, does that mean we don't have a tie for second now? Uh, yeah, but I mean, if you have more trivia Nigeria questions. Well, I'm just noting we've got five minutes left. Yeah, we, we might have to start wrapping things up. Um, so congratulations to Ryan with a whopping <laughs> seven points. You are the winner. Congratulations. <laughs> um you should you should definitely come along to our event tomorrow because i feel like you'd find it very interesting ryan um oh, yeah, for totally. all the answers that he'll ask you totally <laughs> definitely, I'll, I'll definitely be there it's not like i organized the live stream for it not the live stream call cool for it or anything <laughs> Um, cool. Okay. Um, the other thing that's exciting about this event, as Ryan keeps bragging about, is that now Myers has uh, met with um, a diplomat from each continent except for Antarctica now. So, but the Emperor Penguin never got back to me. I wrote to him, <laughs> he only took letters, he never got back to me. I, I am really sorry about that. I tried. This is the sort of humour we have to put up with. This so joke was not, <laughs> not it. They found it when I first said it. They found it. But I think it's just one of those lame dad jokes. It sure is. Um, cool. Okay. Well, I guess that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on. Um, like I said, come along to Nigeria. You can register right now, um, tomorrow at 2 p.m., um, online roundtable. You can ask the High Commissioner. As all questions, you can get to hit, get a bit of an insight um, into his experience. Um, and then next Wednesday at 11 a.m., we've got the same thing, an online roundtable, but with the Fijian High Commissioner um, in collaboration with Nana. Um, make sure you register for that as well, otherwise you won't get access to a Zoom link. Um, also keep an eye out for um, more information on Manash, our Model United Nations Conference. Um, you can follow our socials, like our Facebook page, join the Facebook group, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thanks so much for joining, guys. Um, this has been really great, for, especially for a first episode. Um, we'll be back next week with a different topic and different speakers. Uh, in the meantime, we hope you all stay safe. Uh, and, yes, thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Fun. Have, a good, great. have a good week and everything. Yeah, I'll probably see most of you tomorrow. Make sure you yeah. come on And also, I'm just going to put this comment up from Gus because he said it was That's a great Thanks, Gus. Thank you. All right. Yeah. See you, everybody. Sure you come along tomorrow. Yes, come along tomorrow. Bye. 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 We hope you enjoyed that episode of Atlas. Atlas is the official podcast of the Monash International Affairs Society, or MIAS. 
Myers is an apolitical student society at Monash University, Clayton, that works towards establishing a network for students passionate about international affairs and relations. To become a member to get access to Myers perks and events, such as our Model United Nation workshops, our roundtables featuring experienced diplomats, and our fun social events, go to portal.msa.monash.edu. Sign in, go to Buy Club Membership, select Myers, and fill out your personal details. You can follow Myers on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, all of which are linked in the description, or visit our website at myers.org.au. If you have a question from today's episode, or are interested in appearing on a future episode, please send an email to communications at myas.org.au. Thanks for listening. See you next time.